Hey, welcome back to It's Pretty Personal, a podcast all about sharing South Asian stories. going if you're new then hi my name's Prissy I'm 25 from London and I'm Sikh Punjabi and I started this podcast in June 2020 because I wanted to create a place to just share South Asian stories and to talk about things from a brown girl perspective especially on the podcast space where there's barely any South Asian representation I just want to wish you guys all a happy International Women's Day I know it's yesterday but nonetheless happy International Women's Day now, before we get into the episode, and if you're a long-time stan of the podcast, then you will know that your girl likes to do some research. And I was wondering, what is International Women's Day and why do we celebrate it? It's currently 2021 and males and females are still not treated the same in so many different ways. For example, the gender pay gap. Some statistics show that in the UK in 2020, the gender pay gap among all employees was 15.5%. There's also a lack of representation of women in business and politics, as well as the daily struggles that women face, especially those that live in a patriarchal society. The sad news is that according to the World Economic Forum, gender equality might not fully happen until almost 100 years from now. So it won't happen in our lifetime, but maybe not even our children's. So the fight is far from over and there's so much work that still needs to be done. International Women's Day is a time to celebrate women's achievements raising awareness about women's equality and fundraising for female-led charities who are doing incredible work. That means celebrating you girls, the women that are listening. I might not know many of you personally, but I'm pretty sure you've all done amazing things that you should be proud of. Something that I found kind of cute was the fact that in certain countries, including Vietnam, Ukraine and Cambodia, International Women's Day is actually an official holiday where the men honour the females in their lives with small gifts. So it's kind of a bit like Mother's Day and that's really sweet. But it's not just about the gifts, but also people need to understand the struggles and the hardships that women face and need to be an ally in challenging that. And this year's International Women's Day theme is choosing to challenge. So let me know, what are you guys choosing to challenge? Because I think for me, it's the patriarchy every damn day. Speaking of women's achievements, as the title suggests, today's guest is Erin Kaur, a social media influencer with over 200,000 Instagram followers and an entrepreneur and female CEO of her own hair oil brand called By Erin. Fun fact, so Erin was actually the first guest I ever recorded with back in July 2020 when I was a podcasting newbie. And yes, I have been holding on to this episode for quite a while. So I hope you enjoy it and I'm not too awkward because I was like a baby podcaster. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to let you guys know that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it will be so great if you can rate this episode five stars and leave it a review because reviews really help the podcast grow and reach more people and also like help us that out. <laughs> also, don't forget to subscribe as I do upload new episodes every single Tuesday. And also don't forget to follow my social media Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Pretty Personal. I've also linked Aram's Instagram and her hair oil Instagram below. So if you want to check that out too. So let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Hey everyone. 
So today I am so excited about my guest because she is a British Sikh influencer with over 185,000 followers on Instagram, a TikTok queen, and also an entrepreneur who has launched her own luxury hair oil business. Does anyone know who it is? Because I have Erem call with me today. Hi, Erem. Hello. Thanks for the intro. I'm gassed up. (laughs) That's what it's meant to be there for. (laughs) How have you been? Good, busy, as you saw me scrambling to get all of my stuff together before we started the call. But yeah, good. How have you been? My week's just been so busy. We just started podcast stuff because I was going to say this, like when I first started this podcast, you were one of my dream guests. Shut up. (laughs) I just feel like this theory of manifestation. Yes. I'm just so excited to have you here. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, 100%. So I just want my audience to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to just ask a few icebreaker questions. So the first one is, what do you think makes you unique? I think the fact that like, I really am in my own lane. Like I don't compare myself. I don't be watching other people. Like I'm so in my own lane. Yeah. I think that's hard on Instagram as well. (laughs) I am really happy when? I'm eating chocolate and I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) Is that the new thing that you're watching right now? Yeah, you know, I'm that type of person that will watch like half an episode, love it, and then never revisit it because I'd never finish anything. But yeah, currently loving that. Me and my bestie, we set up WhatsApp video call every night and we watch an episode together. Oh, so cute. Number three, at school, I was good at school. <laughs> I was just really good at school. Sis came out with like 100 A stars. God knows how. Um, I did so much volunteering and extracurricular stuff. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> That was also me. You mimed it and I was like, no, nah, let me bait her out right now. That was you two. We were both nerds together. <laughs> I was at school prefect, um, what else? School council, peer mentor, like anything to get me into uni, I did it. Peer mentor. Yeah. Oh my God. Listen, I don't want to bait it out, but the girl that I was peer mentoring was so cute and innocent. We follow each other on Instagram now. That's so cute. Number four, what are you proud of? I think I'm proud of having created like a new source of income for my family that we'd never experienced before. Like this is completely new. It's not something that like I copied my dad or something like that. So quite proud of that. And the final one, what is one thing that you love about yourself? I really like my hair. I love that. I really do love that. (laughs) Thanks. We went to Primrose Hill yesterday and some people were shouting and they were like, oh, the one with the long hair, the one with long hair. I think I know you. And I was like, that's my identifying characteristic. (laughs) So now... Our whole theme for this episode is about mindset and social media, because like I said, social media queen right here. So the first question that I really want to get into is how easy is it to become vulnerable with your audience? I think, and I go by like what I have called the 90-10 rule. So 10% of my life, I will show all of that 10%. But then there's 90% that people have no idea about. So if you are very, very clear about your boundaries and what is included in that 10%, you can be completely open and vulnerable and exposed with that 10% while still protecting yourself and your private life. Yeah. And is that 90, 10% like your balance and the boundaries that you've set for yourself? Yeah, hundred percent. Like for some reason, everyone seems to think I'm an only child that doesn't live at home. And I'm like, not as like a insider scoop, but like I hundred percent have a brother that I live with, with my family at our house. So I've managed to kind of like, not even intentionally, but like really, really people just don't know even the most fundamental aspects of my life. And I'm cool with that. Like you can know what I want you to know, you know? I think that's the nice thing about having your own platform because even like with me in this podcast, there's certain things that I've created boundaries for myself. So I won't talk about my family on this because I'm not ready to. But also my career, I haven't really spoken about my career, my day job, stuff like that, just because I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I think it's so important to have those boundaries, but then it's nice that you'll have your own platform to like do that on. 
Yeah, 100%. Same boundaries as you, really. Same with the career and everything like that. I think people just think I came out of uni and I was like an influencer. And I was like, no, my friend, <laughs> this has a job. The next one that I want to talk to you about is how do you deal with like frustration? I have the most amazing friends and a lot of them are older than me. So I'm 25 and they're kind of around like the 30 age mark. And my personality, I very much project like I need a mum vibes for obvious reason. And I think that's part of my aura. So I have very like maternal women around me. And I'm so lucky because whenever I'm going through something like I know there's always going to be someone I can call and they can kind of just put me back on this, not straight and narrow, but what's the phrase? That back on your path. Yeah. Reguide me back and refocus me to what is important. Do you feel like you're like the baby of every friendship group? I'm 100% the baby in every friendship group. Like I have all of my friends' mums on the phone and like when I'm ill, I'll be calling them. No, honestly, like if there's a maternal 1% drop in someone's blood, like it comes out around me. I love it. I love being the baby because I just feel like I get away with so much. So I know like, for example, social media, it's very numbers orientated at times. And I know for people starting up, like the numbers can definitely get to your head. I know I've gone through that in the sense when I first started, I was like, why am I not growing as much? Or why have I got 10 followers today and then not 10 followers tomorrow? So how do you not let the numbers go to your head? I think I've just always been, like I said at the start, like in my own lane. So I'm not ever watching how quickly or how slowly the other people around me are growing. I'm just very obsessed with like, I'm not obsessed in the way that like I'm counting, but like I know how quickly I'm growing or how slowly I'm growing. And I know the reasons behind that because I've been doing this for so long. And it doesn't really bother me. Like there are people with millions of followers who have an engagement rate of 1% because they bought their followers. So I don't think it's necessarily about the numbers, but I think it's more so about numbers in the sense of engagement rate. That's important. But they're more so about your actual actionable influence on people because you can have a million followers, 10% engagement rate, which is mad. But are people actually converting when it comes to you recommending them things? Are people actually listening to you when you're saying daily affirmations or whatever it is that you're doing? If they're not, then honestly, your million followers means nothing because you're not actually influencing people. And there's people with like 10 followers who are able to get all 10 of their followers to buy something, you know? You've actually hit the nail in the head, I guess, in the sense that you want quality over quantity. 100%. So what do you want Aram to be remembered for? What is your legacy? I want there to be like a young girl that was like me who grew up without a mum and sisters who sees me and doesn't feel alone. And if it's just that one girl that feels that way and I've done all of this work for one girl, and that's the one I want to be remembered for. That's the thing. Mm. And then have there been any life lessons? Because I was reading some stats about, I think it's about 90 or in the 90s in percentage of young people now want to become influencers, YouTube stars. Crazy, isn't it? Genuinely crazy. But I also just feel like, is there one life lesson that you've learned whilst being an influencer that you wish 15 year old Erin knew or any girl starting up? I think like, obviously I'm 20, you're 25 as well, aren't you? I'm 25 as well, yeah. Yeah. So like we didn't necessarily grow up when we were very young, like 14, 15 with like influencers other than maybe, what's that one, Zoella? Because she was kind of like one of the main ones. And I wasn't even hip to like social media and like YouTube until I was in my final year of uni. Like I wasn't even about it. So I think to a 15 year old in 2020, I would say don't believe everything that you see online because you only see a highlight reel. But to 15 year old Aram, I don't know how much advice I can give about social media because like I wasn't even on Facebook. <laughs> Do you know what? I was the same. Like I made Facebook final year of sixth form and I made Instagram first year of uni. I was very behind on like social media in general. 
But I'm kind of glad that I had a childhood because I feel like kids these days are just growing up so quickly. And I'm like, no, have a childhood, like go outside, ride a bike. Like I was honestly thinking, Prissy, like if I went to uni with like 190k, I would be a completely different person. And like, I can imagine at schools, people are, and this might not be true because I haven't gone to a secondary school in a while, but like people might be judged popularity, not on how nice or cool they are, but like now it's like how many followers they have. So it's like, maybe, you know, me and you were saying we were kind of nerdy. Maybe I would have had more friends had I had all of these followers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a weird concept to think of. It is a very weird concept. For example, when you're a teenager, you're quite malleable in the sense that you're still growing up. You still don't know who you are. So you're very easily influenced. So I just feel like I'm trying to remember my point. I always do this. I always have a brain fart. I have a point and then I just can't remember my point. So people are malleable and their brains... Like, so we were talking about social media and like popularity and numbers. Oh, and what is, oh okay. I got, I got it. I got it. I got it. So it's just the fact I that I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying how when you're at that age, you're so malleable and you still don't know the kind of person that you are today, because like I compare it to like foundations and the sense that your cement is still drying in terms of like who you are. Oh, I love that. So what I was just trying to say was the fact that as an influencer, if you're so young, it must be so hard to trust people because you don't know if your friends are your friends because... Oh, so true. Yeah. So moving forward, it is July and we're halfway through 2020, which in my head is just genuinely cancelled. But do you have a 2020 goal? Oh my God. Why are you asking me such good questions and I'm not able to answer? Do you know what it is? You're going to ask me, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to like lie in bed tonight at like one in the morning and looking at the ceiling like, oh my days, I should have said this. I think my 2020 goal and like, you know, my life is so chaotic. Everything changes every single morning. Like I wake up and I'm like, what's the world going to throw at me today? So like everything really, really like is moving. But I think if you asked Erin in July 2020, my goal is to make sure the biome is international because I know that there's a lot of demand for the hair oil, especially in the USA and Canada. And like, I think people think I'm withholding it from them, but I'm literally not. I'm just working so hard to do it right and make sure that I have all of the legal requirements to sell safely abroad. And that is a very, very long process. And it's something that like, I really have to deal with every single day. Once I'm able to sell internationally, A, that'll be such a big thing off my plate. But B, I just know that I'm able to grow my family, my little buyer and family across the seas. And I'll be able to just follow so many more people on their hair journey. And hopefully, yeah, by the end of the year, we'll have a massive little buyer and family. That is so exciting. Do you like the fact that your life is quite chaotic and it's not a normal routine? That's such a good question. I actually do. Like I've never grown up and had a routine because when you're in a family, do your parents have like nine to five or like are they entrepreneurs? Nine to fives. So I think like you've grown up with that model of expecting your parents to wake up in the morning, go to work, but you know what time they're coming home. There's that routine. But whereas like my dad, obviously A is a single parent, but B, he's always been an entrepreneur as far as I've been alive. So I've been used to that kind of chop and change lifestyle. One day it's this, one day it's that. So no, I think I am very climatized to dealing with chaos. Someone even told me I was addicted to chaos, which I I need to process. I think that's quite exciting though, because I feel like when you are put in those situations, like you're constantly learning. So your ability to problem solve is just like on point. I think that's something that you do get in a traditional nine to five, but it's a little bit more, what's the word, like wrapped in bubble wrap kind of thing. Yeah. Like you have your buffers either side. People are limiting your decisions or they're verifying your decisions. Whereas with me, it's just like, if I say, okay, all of a sudden the bottle's going to be red, no one can tell me no, you know? Do you wish that there was though? Like, do you wish you had that buffer? No, sis isn't good at like being told what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Only person you can tell me what to do is my dad. um, And he does. 
but like because we are a business together and we we are part of the same family it is really good because I know we're both aligned towards the same goal that must be really excited though are you glad that you're working with your dad I couldn't be prouder of anything else like the fact that I've created like I said like a new thing for my business and the fact that I'm able to do it with my dad who is my best friend and who is just the best mentor and he's a mentor to so many other people in business and I'm so lucky that I get 70% of his attention obviously he has other businesses <laughs> but yeah both of our hearts and souls are completely in it so moving on to our social media part of this episode when did you know that influencing or entrepreneurship was something that you wanted to do I very much take those two things quite separately. So for me, I have like two businesses. I have the Instagram kind of like Aram Core brand. And then I also have by Aram. So I always knew that that entrepreneur lifestyle was for me because that has always existed as a career path since I was very, very young. As we discussed, influencing wasn't even a thing until we were probably like at uni. I realized that influencing was for me when I hit around the 5k mark. And this is when I just graduated and nothing was ever intentional. Like I wasn't posting because I was like, I'm going to gain followers. I was just like posting because I was getting dressed up and I was going to work. And I was like, this is a cute outfit. Let me share it. I started to get a lot of girls being like really resonating with my tone of voice and kind of like my story. And honestly, it was nothing intentional. Like I was just talking and being me. I think it just kind of happened. But then when I knew that girls were resonating with me and there was girls out there as well who were looking for that kind of like sisterhood that I so craved growing up, I was like, oh my God, like there is so much power in this. Like I want to keep going because I want to keep finding girls who had experienced that kind of loneliness of being the only girl in the family. Yeah. I like the fact that there's like a purpose behind it as well of you saying you want a sisterhood because I know that you have like a Facebook group, which is all about sisterhood. And I really, really like the fact that there's a safe space on the internet because I know what it is. Like I've grown up without a sister and I don't really have any like girl cousins that are around my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm really lucky that I found that in my friends. Of course, yeah. But I know there's a lot of girls out there who don't. And I think we were talking about it when we first met and we were talking about how being relatable is a commodity. And I honestly, I need to like write that on my wall or something because... Yes, I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> I don't know for you, but when someone sends me a message to be like, I can really relate to your podcast, it honestly warms up my heart because I'm like, that is the best thing someone can say to me because I made this podcast because I don't want girls to be alone going through things. And I don't know how you feel, but it's just nice to know that there's someone in the world who feels the same way I do. There's like a power in that. 100%. And I love the fact that you have that very similar purpose to mine as well. And I think you're right. It's so powerful. So what advice would you actually give to people that want to make a career out of social media? So like, not just saying this to bounce off what we've previously spoke about, but I would always say like, make sure you have like an authentic purpose or a reason behind your page. And it's true to you. You know, there's a lot of people who want to tackle sustainability, but there's a way that you can cater that message that's from your perspective and that appeals to your audience. Like try and be as niche as you possibly can. There's not many people who can relate like not having a mom and a sister, right? That's really specific. But there's a lot of people who can relate in the sense that like maybe their mom is significantly older than them and they don't really bond with them. Maybe their sisters live abroad. Maybe they're the youngest in the family and they don't have anyone close in age to them. Like maybe their sister is just completely dissimilar to them. So there's one message and as niche as it can be, people can relate to that. And I would also say just honestly be consistent. So not only in your posting, but the time that you're posting so people can learn like pattern of behavior, they can learn to expect to see you on their feet at a certain time every day. You want to make sure that you're consistent with your message. Like uncertainty avoidance is a thing. And I've spoken about this so many times, like people don't want to follow a page if it's too sporadic and random because it's like, well, what am I signing up for here? Like what's going on? So you want to make sure that you're delivering the same message in different ways, but with a consistent, I don't want to say the word message, it's going to be a message. <laughs> 
I love your page. I love the poses. You actually need to teach me how to Instagram pose because I have two and that's standing still and the fake laugh. Oh my God, the fake laugh is so good. (laughs) So many of mine, they're just candid. I think after a while, your smile just, I wish people can see with me like what I'm going to do right now, but you know, your smile goes up from this like this yeah and then you end up having like a really wide clown smile you have a really nice smile though Oh, thank you (laughs) but no I completely get you the fake smile one is definitely a winner I really love the girl that I shoot with so nine times out of ten ten times out of ten if I'm laughing it is legitimately because she says something funny or she's taking the piss out of me but I would if you're asking me tips on posing yeah give me tips on posing (laughs) oh my god like I go through phases with my poses where I'm like oh my god this looks like amazing and then I'll be like looking at those photos and like, what were you doing, Erin? And then I'll change it and I'll do that type of pose for a long time. But I definitely think try and experiment with different backgrounds. I think people just automatically see like a white wall and they run to it. Or they'll see like graffiti on the wall and they're like, oh my God. But like try and do stuff where there's props, like where you're sitting down, where you're kind of on the back of a sofa or something like that. Because when you have a prop, it's easier to place your hands in more natural position. My number one thing is what let's never have your arms straight, like sit that, never have them straight always have a slight bend because even if it feels weird, it doesn't look weird. What looks weird is having straight arms because realistically in normal life, like you don't ever just stand up with your arms by your side. That's true, yeah. It it looks really weird. So always keep a bend in your arm. Try and have accessories like a bag that you can hold on to, play with your hair. You know, sis loves a good hair flip, hair spin. Yeah, have things that you can interact with in your photo. Are you also that person that I'm really exposing myself here, but like, literally takes like 300 pictures and their whole camera roll is like just awkward pictures and then you go through and just heart the ones that you like yeah 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 yeah. I have 50,000 images in my camera roll and I do delete the bad ones so like that's not including my recently deleted but yeah I have loads but I hate taking photos I'll be completely honest with you like I really it fills me with dread when I know that I have to take photos and I do enjoy the after process, like going through, picking the best ones and creating the caption. So I will continue doing it for that reason. But yeah, it is a process. But as soon as we've got the photo, if we do get it within 10 shots, like once we've got it, we've got it. I'm not going to be like, oh, we're on a good street. Let's get more like, no, we're done. We move on. So that moves very nicely into my next question is how much behind the scenes goes into the perfect Instagram picture? So it does take a while. So obviously I have to communicate well my agency have to communicate with the brand to get the clothes and to arrange the kind of contract and to pick them and for it to arrive and then obviously I need to make sure that I like it I need to make sure that it fits I need to make sure that it's good quality I need to make sure that it's a good price for what it is and I really really do my research when it comes to that there's a lot of times where I've received a product and I'm like and I know a lot of influencers do say this and I'm glad to hear people say this but I will just be like I really don't like this can we either swap it or can we just cancel the collaboration because you lose a lot of trust in your followers. The second that you sell them something that's not worthy is the second that they will never buy from you again. And I would never want to lose that trust with them, especially owning my own business right now. Like I don't want to lose credibility with people. And if that means I lose out on a contract or a collaboration, then so be it. Because I think it's worth investing in your brand in the long run. So once the item's here, provided I love it, then I need to go into trying to find a location, scheduling time with my assistant. She'll come to my house in the morning. We'll pack everything up. We'll go to the hotel because we mostly shoot in hotels. And then we will shoot, shoot, shoot for the whole day. And whilst I'm shooting Instagram posts, I'm also doing stories, TikToks, YouTube videos. Once that's done, I go through all of the photos, select the best one, fix the lighting if I need to, because sometimes it it is a bit dark. And then I need to like add it to my calendar. And then once it's the day, then I need to like post it. I need to think of the caption. I need to think of the correct hashtags, tag it. And then once I've posted it, 
I sit there for half an hour and I engage with everyone in the comments just because like, I feel like basic common courtesy. If you say, oh my God, stunning. I feel like I need to say thank you. Very least. Manners do not change regardless of whether you have a million followers or one. And I understand that it's hard at that scale. And I don't think anyone would expect you to say thank you at like a million followers. But whilst I still can, a hundred percent will. And even my friends, they know I always upload around six to seven and I'll be like, phone break if we're in the middle of dinner. And I'd be like, I need to upload. They all understand, which is really, really good. So I definitely think it probably takes like two hours for one photo or like an hour for one photo. And is it you that's in control of your Instagram? So it's actually Erin that's going through every single... Like no one ever, ever, ever will have access to my Instagram or reading my DMs or my comments or nothing like that. Like no one ever. So when they are messaging Erin. Oh yeah, it's always me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it's me because sis don't like typing, sis don't like texting. So it's always like a really short reply, but like, I still be there. <laughs> I think that's really nice. So have you ever struggled to find a female role model? Like I always had my daddy in my life. Why good stuff and I was so, so, so blessed to have her. And do you know what? I think I've been quite blessed. Like I haven't had consistently like one female role model, like who was kind of a bit more relatable than my daddy. Obviously there's, a, there's an age gap, there's a cultural difference, but I have always had one. And I think now I'm at a good point where like my friendships have really settled and I'm kind of aware of who my friends are. So I do definitely look at my friends as role models. But then I had some really great teachers as well. How do you feel when someone calls you their role model? I literally feel so gassed. I'm like, that is the best compliment that and you smell good. Oh my God, listen, I went to my friend's house the other day and I got cold and then I put on her jumper. And then when I got home, she was like, Aram, I'm not washing this jumper because you put it on and it smells so good. And I'm not trying to gas myself, but that literally got me so happy. I was thinking of it this morning. So yeah, whenever someone calls me a role model, like I'm so proud, like I want to be a role model. I want to do everything I can, but I want people to also understand that like I'm a 3D human being. I 100% have bad days. I have bad moods. I make bad decisions. And I have to say this to my team a lot of the time because I think they look at me like Erin knows all the answers. And I'm just like, guys, like I will make bad decisions and I have made bad decisions in business. But I think those bad decisions are what makes your business so good. Yeah. And I think you always learn, like you'll never make that same bad decision again. So you're one of the biggest Sikh influencers here in the UK. What more do you think should be done from ethnic minorities to get into the digital or creative fields? I think those of us who are already in it, we have a very big responsibility to kind of normalize that in the Asian community because even professionally, I didn't go down like the engineering or medicine route. And I'm very lucky that I have a very, very, very modern family. Why just up the arm? And that was fine. It was just like, yeah, you're good at that. Go do that, Aaron. So I think those of us who are in these spaces really need to speak about it and need to normalize it. And we need to kind of put ourselves out there a little bit more. So whenever a young girl turns around to her mom and is like, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to own my own business. She can be like, look, there's this Sikh girl, Erin, and she's done it. And then the parents have that reference point that helps to normalize that. Yeah, because I've just been thinking about this the other day and I was actually going to do an episode on this, but I feel like Sikhs in general are so underrepresented in, I think, the world. I want to say growing up, I went to a predominantly brown school, but I was the only Sikh girl in my year. And in my school, it was just me and my brother who were Sikhs because a lot of the people in my school were Muslim. So when there was that day of Eid where all the Muslim people didn't come, people would be like, oh, pretty, why are you here? Not knowing that I'm Sikh. I think I felt that quite a lot in my life in the sense that we're so underrepresented when it comes to mainstream media in Hollywood, just in general. No, I, th I think that's a very like acute observation. I think 
is also very obvious at the same time. Like often the Sikh in the movie is the Singh, you know, called Mr. Singh, who owns the news agents and he's very jolly and he has an Indian accent. And whilst that is true, they do exist. I think that going back to what I was saying, I don't think it's a point of comparison by saying this girl is doing it. So, so can I, cause that's not a comparison. That's more so like an inspiration. If someone is able to open a door, like for instance, I was quite strong. Like I was able to open doors that other people may not have done. So I'm opening the door for a younger person to follow. I'm not opening the door and closing it behind me. So that young girl should look at me and be like, that's what I want to do. Or she should look at you and be like, I want to be a podcaster. So I want there to be more people in real life, as I mentioned, who are talking about the way that maybe Sikhi fits into their life or just being Sikh and doing something random just to normalize the fact that we're not all news agent owners. Yeah. But I just think that if no one's going to give us that platform, we need to take it with both hands and we need to take it ourselves. What's wrong? I was going to burp. <laughs> I thought you were shocked. And I was like, oh my God, did I say something no, really rude? No, I was honestly trying to keep my burp in to be more ladylike. You're so funny. Pretty personal. <laughs> it's very personal. This is like the most personal that you can get with me. I know we kind of covered this before, but um, like, what do you want to use your influence for? Ultimately, like I want to be there for girls who don't have a mom or a sister or who can identify with that narrative. Long term, obviously, I want to have Viram and I want that to be my main thing. But then like when I'm old and bougie, I want to have a charity aimed at supporting fathers in the justice system. That's lovely. I think that's really beautiful. Moving on to your hair oil. I know that we spoke about it before and we said how like one of the things that really inspired you to create Viram was the ritual of having your hair oiled which I think is a very like South Asian specific thing I don't know how your daddy does it but like my mum will literally go all 10 fingers that like, really rough into my head it's so funny like some girls tag me and their mum or their grandma is literally like abusing their head and I'm like sis why <laughs> I love it because it's so authentic like that's genuinely the way that we do it but it's so funny because I've never watched myself do you know what I mean like yeah. it's so funny to look at when it's happening to someone else I love facilitating those intimate moments between like a mum and a daughter or a grandma and daughter or even like, and I said this the other day, like I know if I would have gone to my dad, like my dad was my mom and my dad. If I would have said to him, dad, please put this oil in my hair, he would hundred percent done it. So there's no reason why like, you know, your dad can't be part of this, but I'm, I'm so happy that like in that moment, a bottle of Bayerim is sat right there and not that it needs to be photographed or anything, but just captured as a moment in time. I feel really proud. How does that make you feel when someone takes a picture of your product, like your brain baby, your passion project? I love it. I get so gassed. But I think in terms of like the hair oiling thing, like I think a lot of oils on the market, they were like smelly. It was difficult to kind of make it at home because you had to melt it in a bowl and then apply it with your fingers from the bowl. Or they were like had too many chemicals in it or fragrances or coloring. There was a gap there for a luxury hair oil that was just natural. It was good. It worked. And I never planned it. But at the time where I conceived the idea of biome, I think it just snuck really nicely into that little gap. So yeah, I feel that I'm trying to normalize having hair oil out and about because a lot of young girls would have been embarrassed to go to school with their hair and two little gutta with the oil in it and just being smelly and being greasy, which is why I created biome because it smells gorgeous. It's 100% natural. It's non-greasy. I just want to normalize that. Like, I want to change the way we look at hair oil. I don't want it to be like a two hour process on a Sunday, really inconvenient. And then, you know, you're spending five hours washing it out. Like, no, Byram can be worn when you're out. It can be worn in so many different ways. It can be worn as a beard oil and it takes one shampoo rinse, guaranteed. And yes, Aaron is saying guaranteed for it to come out of your hair. Love that. So then what is the future for Byram? Because I feel like you have such a big future ahead of you. Thank you. What is next? I'm working on product development, but I have to be honest with you, that's my least favorite part of my job. 
I'm not a scientist and I'm really struggling to kind of like link up my terminology with that of like the cosmetic chemists. Because whilst I came up with the formula for the hair oil myself, obviously I'm not a formulator. I can't come up with like a shampoo, but I have my own input into it with regards to like the ingredients I know I want, the effects I know it want. I just need someone who can decode, you know, me saying I want it to be silicone free and like vegan and da, 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 da. like I need someone who knows that means there needs to be no dimethicone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm really struggling with that, but like that is 100% a priority for me. So expanding the product range. And just honestly, honestly, like for me, I'm really clear about the brand. So just solidifying my brand principles even more, helping people to understand the reason behind Bayerum, the effects of Bayerum, the future of Bayerum. It's like when you said like the formula stuff in my head, I was like, it sounds like you're learning chemistry all over again. Do you know what? Like I thought I was so bad at chemistry. I got an A star, never looked at it since my GCSE. Same. So like if someone's like turn on a Bunsen burner, I'm like, what is a Bunsen burner? What is a pipette? Oh my God. <laughs> I remember those. I had the weirdest science experiments. What was the weirdest that you did? Oh my God. I didn't like the dissecting the frog. Like that freaked me the F out. I don't know if you did that, but... Um, no, we didn't. And we didn't do it. The teacher did it. Where like, did they get the frog from? This is what I want to know. Where did they get the frog from? Where did they get the animals from? But I think we did like a sheep's heart or something like that. Growing up, so five-year-old pre-E wanted to be an astronaut. So I cute. would love space. I was a space geek. So we had like a local library and the only books I would check out were like space books. So I really enjoyed physics compared to like biology. Chemistry was cool because you can kind of like put stuff on fire. They trust us with Bunsen burners. I know. How many boys in your school burnt their ties? I feel like we didn't even do that many science experiments because you know, there's always those annoying kids that will just make trouble and then the whole class gets punished. Yeah. Do you know what? You just reminded me, we did one science experiment where we all had to weigh ourselves because we were talking about the gravitational pull or something. I remember being like 14 and just being so upset and embarrassed and stressed out that I had to weigh myself. And I was pretty much the same size, but I wish they didn't make us do that. Science was a weird place. Like it was a weird place. If you actually like collate all of the weird things that we had to do in science and not tell them it was a science class, like they'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you weighing yourselves and looking at sheep's hearts? Like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> we definitely went off topic there. So it's by Erin, your passion. Yeah, like I wake up every day and I said this the other day on my stories, but I wake up every day and I'm like, yes, I get to do this again because I'm obsessed with Bayerim and I'm obsessed with like Instagram and social media anyway. So I'm just like, yo, I, I really be out here living my dreams. <laughs> so nice. I love that. I'm such a big advocate of following your dreams. And I think that's something that I've learned whilst being in lockdown as well. It's just the fact that life is too short, but life is also long in the sense that you need to do what makes you happy and have that purpose. So how does it feel waking up every morning and living your purpose? It feels good. I really, really struggle for a long time to like get a job. And like, I am just not built for that office life. And I thought for a long time, like I was the problem. And it was just like, why is everyone able to just get on with it and be comfortable doing a nine to five? And I just can't do it. And it made me because society is like, you need to do a nine to five. And especially our culture is like, you need to have a solid, stable job. I really was just like, well, what is wrong with me? But now finding this and being good at it. I'm just like, well, haha, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Hack the system. <laughs> I'm good at something. There is this variety of finding your passion. And I feel like I will 100% be honest and say, I'm still trying to figure mine out. I know that like, I really enjoy talking to people and meeting new people. And I know that that's something that I want to. And you're so good at it as well. Am I? I was like so yeah. nervous. I like, jumped to be completely candid. I was honestly so nervous. I double, triple text everything. I was like, is this recording? Is my mic working? 
I think because you're the first external guest that I've had that I'm interviewing, I was like, oh my God, I really like don't know how it's going to go, but... You're doing so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do like a quick fire round. I've got a bunch of little questions that are not serious or deep. So what is your favorite color? Black. What's your favorite childhood movie? Oh, Spirited Away. Have you seen it? No. Okay, it's like an anime and I don't watch other animes, but it's so good. And it's like one of the world's top 100 films. And I think it's on Netflix. So definitely watch it. Should I say mine? Should I do this with you? Yeah, do it with me. What's yours? Okay. Bend it like Beckham. Uh, okay, no, iconic. Yeah, but I think it's because it's the one that I can relate to the most. Okay. What's one fashion item that you think everyone should have? A really nice handbag. I feel like as a woman, when you come and sit down at a table, the first thing you do is put down your handbag. And when you're walking, that's the thing that's in front of you. So even if it's not designer or anything, but just like a really nice one. I think mine would be black high-waisted leggings. Okay, now yours was so much more practical than mine. I changed my mind. <laughs> do you know what? It's because like I just prefer comfort in general. Okay, where is your favorite high-waisted leggings from? Because I feel like that's a very controversial question. Like everyone is stanning their one brand. Mine's Adidas. Like everyone's had a brave one about like Lululemon ones that was supposed to be really good, but I can't justify spending ninety pounds on leggings. Like I'm sorry, it's ninety pound, like hundred twenty five pounds. Hundred twenty five pound for leggings. I went into the store what? the other day to get. Legitimately, I went to the other store in the other day to get some high waisted black leggings, and I wasn't in the right frame of mind because I was really stressed because I had a froyo, so I didn't buy them. But like I was really surprised. I thought they were going to be yeah, same like eighty nine quid. They weren't. But apparently, if you get a hole in them, they fix it. What is your favorite genre of movies? Of movie, um, I like chick flicks, like Mean Girls and that. Like, I feel like that is so easy to just watch because I'm that person who'll be on her phone the whole time. So it's like, I can't watch like a thriller or a mystery or whatever because I'm just like, eh, skip for three seconds. What's going on? Is this like rom-coms, like chick flicks rom-com? Like a good, like high school type of thing. Ah, uh, yeah. And comedies. What about you? Mine is rom-coms. I love rom-coms. I don't know why. Have you ever seen Letters to Juliet? Oh my God. I could watch that on repeat all the time. Really? Yes, it's just so good. I don't know why, it just warms my heart up. So rom-coms and then also superhero movies. I'm a massive superhero movie fan. I, oh my God, I forgot the name of um, Storm from X-Men. Mm. In the podcast the other day, I got rinsed. Because <laughs> I was like, I think she has really cool, because I really like grey hair. And I was like, You'd, I'd look like that superhero because she's brown with grey hair if I like dyed my hair grey. No one was feeling me when I forgot the name. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> so is that what you want to do? You want to be Silver Fox? Like when I'm old. <laughs> Hollywood or Bollywood? Hollywood I literally have only seen like two Bollywood films really sorry in advance 50-50 for me in the sense that I have phases I'll have a Bollywood phase then I'll have a Hollywood phase but I think growing up I haven't really watched that many Bollywood films compared to like other people like I still haven't seen Kuch Kuch Hota Hai which is apparently like an iconic one never seen it I think even I've seen that yeah exactly <laughs> if I've seen it you better see that <laughs> it's like right now I'm in a Hollywood phase so sweet or savory what kind of food do you like sweet i could like literally have pick and meats for the rest of my life what about you sweet same i love ice cream i honestly love ice cream like doesn't it stress you out when you're with someone they're like oh i'd rather have starters than dessert no. firstly why do you only get one <laughs> like sometimes i want to just have dessert i don't want to have a main and then dessert I was watching um, Celebs Go Dating and a girl on there did that and then the guy that she was on a date with like also did it oh that's so... cute because i feel like some guys would just be like okay bye yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite quote? Um, honestly, like everything happens for a reason. It really does. And even if the reason isn't clear now, you will find out. Yeah. I think there's two that I have. I have, 
you can't worry about stuff that's not in your control love and everyone's on different journeys so please don't compare yourself to anyone's different journey just because like new york is three hours ahead of la doesn't make new york any better because la also has that 24 hours yeah we're all on different journeys which really really resonates with me i like that one what's one person that you would love to see in concert i i really don't like going to concerts with drake is it yeah what about you neo i love neo oh yeah miss what is one makeup item that you can't live without? Um, okay, so I had my eyebrows microbladed. So sis has kind of already got that down. So I think mascara, but otherwise I might have said brows. What about you? I don't know. I think concealer or an eyelash color. Your skin is so good though. <laughs> Why are you something? I'm no, no, sir. But you know what? Yeah, I feel like all the time girls sit here and we ponder, if I could only have one makeup product for the rest of my life, what would it be? That's never going to be like a reality. Oh, no, but we yeah. all think about it so seriously. <laughs> Firstly, if I was on an island, I wouldn't want to take concealer because it will melt off. Yeah, yeah. Like no one's looking at you. Like you don't need to. Think. I think my other one would be eyelash color. I think for me, like I don't like wearing mascara because I hate taking it off. Like, I'm so lazy when it comes to that. So I just prefer just like, curling my lashes and then it kind of does the same effect. But I've heard so many scary stories about lash curling. So I just never do it now. Well, as in it gets stuck. Oh my God, don't even say it out loud, yeah. Oh my God, that sounds painful. I know, but I've seen it on like Twitter. Finally, I know you love chocolate. You've mentioned that you love chocolate. So rate these chocolate bars in order of preference, okay? Cadbury's Dairy Milk, Galaxy, Lint, Mars, Twix and Bounty. Um, so it goes Lint, Cadbury's, Galaxy, Twix, then Mars at the end. What even is Mars? Is that nougat or something in the middle? Yeah, nougat and like caramel. What about you? Mine would be... Lint, but the dark chocolate. I prefer dark chocolate to milk chocolate. Oh, have you tried the dark chocolate with orange bits in it? No, I tried the dark chocolate with berries. Oh, is it good? Yeah. I think I was in Switzerland once. And you know how like Switzerland's like chocolate heaven. So they had these little balls of lint balls and had that jelly inside them. They were so good. Really? So good. If you ever find them, try them. The berry flavor is like sweets, but chocolate. So good. So might be Lint, Cadbury Galaxy, Mars, Twix, Bounty. Oh, I forgot Bounty. Oh, I like Bounty more than... Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone cares, but yeah, I like Bounty. So that was it. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with you. I loved getting to know you a lot better. And it's honestly been an hour since we've been talking. It feels like 20 minutes. I was just about to say, it feels like it's been 20 minutes. But no, honestly, Preeti, like I'm honored to be in your podcast. I subscribed a while ago and I think you're doing such amazing thank things. You. So thank you for also having me on it. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. It was just something fun and lighthearted and I hope it made your day a little bit brighter. What were your thoughts on the episode? Please let me know on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Pretty Personal. And if you've enjoyed it, then please share it with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast because you'll get new episodes each week in your library because I upload every single Tuesday. And if you haven't and you are listening to Apple Podcasts, it will mean so much to me if you rate it five stars and leave a review. I'll speak to you guys next week. Take care and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.